All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the uh, Empathic Futures Lab podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Christian. All right. And today we have a podcast where we'll be talking about um, the role of like reputation and uh, how well we know people and who we trust in the way that we perceive their information and receive their news and, and digest their information. But before we get into that, I want to take care of a couple house cleaning things, uh, one of which being if you haven't signed up for or seen our newsletter, comes out every Friday. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes for you to sign up for that if you're interested. It's just a bunch of links and tidbits about those links that talk about some of the things that we're talking about or discuss some of the things that we're reading on a weekly basis or doing or watching, whatever. Just just interesting. interesting. Yeah. Interesting things, often related to design, sometimes not, usually related to the show in some way. The other thing I wanted to take advantage talk about was, okay, so our podcasts recently have been getting spaced further and further apart, and we're finding with the summer weather, it, it might be a little, or weather, summer busyness generally, and, and things that we have going on. Uh, Christian will be taking some trips, and you know I have plenty of things happening over the summer that we might be uh, taking, having less podcasts over the summer, right? Maybe maybe one or two a month as opposed to the trying to keep it to every seven to ten days. And then we'll be back in the fall, maybe September. Full force. Yeah, full force. Once a week or maybe a little over a week, but it'll be closer to weekly again once we get back into the fall. So uh, bear with us over the summer as we, it'll, hopefully there'll be less episodes, but more quality episodes higher quality yeah. when we do it yeah just give us more time to uh to prepare i don't know what kind of like special specials kind of right right anyway um so let's get into this episode the topic that we have here so this was right. sort of something we've been talking about a lot over the past uh and, and we've been kind of waiting for the right opportunity to get into it talking about like reputation and how do we how do we glean information and how do we stop fake news or make sure that what we're reading is generally correct or accepted in in society i suppose well i wonder if we should kind of back up a bit and do we need to define a little bit better where we're coming from and why we're discussing this yeah uh, yeah maybe maybe we can do that and then we'll get into this article that we read that really sparked this right as coming as us being ready for this talk so for me, a lot of interest in this conversation has been from our Slack group that we have, and one of our friends, Robert, um, who has been on the show. Myself, yeah, what? He's, he's been on the show. He's the yeah, the, yeah. We he, did the portals has, episode. He was on the episode about infrastructure. Yeah, it was way back um, in February, believe it or not. Right, February. Yeah, probably. It was yeah, when it was we were all here. I think. Good, almost four months ago. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Any, anyway, um, what happens is. I'll say something, or he'll say something, or he'll post something, or I'll post something, and then we'll get into a pretty, we'll quickly get into an argument about it. And what's happened is a lot of those things have been related to the the spread or manipulation of information or misinformation within the media, specifically Facebook or Twitter. Um, and so a lot of our conversations have been much less about the A word, architecture, and more about... Um, Sort of these, like how you might approach these problems from a designerly perspective, I suppose. Um, and so we'll discuss these things and then hopefully try to, instead of just arguing about it, try to come up with some sort of uh, viable solution, at least as far as we can tell in terms of the available parameters we know of 
uh, for how you deal with uh, the spread of misinformation, which is kind of one of the specific topics that we've been right. talking about. Um, and so that has been occurring over the last couple months. And I think for me, that's definitely one of the big places that I'm coming from uh, for this discussion, which, like Chris said, culminated in this article that we'll post. Right. Uh, and we might want to say a little bit more, I assume. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that sums it up pretty well. Um, that and then just the general proliferation within the mainstream culture of fake news and and what fake news is and what fake news isn't and, and the sort of moving target that that is um, on both sides of the partisan arena. So, yeah. So, okay. So what we saw, it came out on, um, came out on Fast Company, I'd say maybe two weeks ago. I think it was actually on the newsletter last week. If not last week, it was the week before. Um, I think but, it was the 25th, so yeah. Yeah, okay, so last week, last week's newsletter. So uh, it's it's an article, I don't actually know the title of it, I'm sorry. But it's on reputation. It. Say goodbye to the information age. It's all about reputation now. Yeah, all right. So, so basically the premise, as the title states, is that we're maybe passing through the, rep, the information age and moving towards this sort of information-based age um or not information sorry we're moving past the information age and moving towards this reputation-based age essentially meaning that we need to be more cognizant of where information is coming from who is giving us that information who originated or started that chain of information being disseminated uh what facts are behind it um how trustworthy these people are and and really just kind of understanding that so that we understand where this information is coming from in the first place so whereas in the past maybe in the information age as um the author puts it the author is um gloria arigi if i think that's how you pronounce it she's an italian philosopher apparently in a huge research think tank type thing in france so uh, yeah Really cool person, by the way. Seems like it. Apparently. The book, I think you purchased too, right? Right, right. So the basic premise is that we have a lot of information now and we need to know where it's coming from. And and this is an excerpt or, I don't know, maybe it's a preview or a summarization of a book which she published. Uh, It's entitled Reputation and then has some tagline after, which I don't remember. Uh, I actually, yeah, I did purchase that book. I'm pretty excited to read it. Um, I will definitely be reading it after I finish Sapiens which I would also recommend as a very good book. So I a podcast topic? I don't know if it's a podcast topic. I think it's more of a background information piece that you just kind of keep in mind. But I think, you know, because neither of us have read this book yet, maybe this is something we come back to in the future. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is definitely going to be a hot topic for a while, I would assume. Yeah, I would imagine so, especially with the midterm elections coming up and all the wildness that will come with that probably you know just where does information come from but so i think really the underlying idea here and i think the first talking point that i wanted to bring up with this is uh, it's kind of based on this idea of kevin from kevin kelly's book and then he brought it up from someone else's quote i don't remember somewhere yeah i don't remember what the quote was but essentially it's like when something becomes ubiquitous you're flipping the supply demand curve on its head right and i feel like that's sort of what's happening with the idea behind this article and and maybe behind this book as well is that when you have way too much information or when you information becomes ubiquitous and content creating and content creation cost goes to zero 
what becomes important with that, right? Yeah, because what's it, the value? Right. It used to be information that was valuable. Now, if you if information is everywhere, what is valuable? And and what Gloria mm-hmm. is supposing is that reputation is really what is the most important thing at that point. So yeah, I think it's it's something. It's kind of funny that she says that, and that we immediately read that, and it resonated with us. Because uh, I don't think either of us knew who Gloria Origi was before. And honestly, nope. the only reason that I even trusted this article was because it was on Fast Company. And I saw the book was posted by Princeton University Press. And I was like, okay, well, this must be a trustworthy source if it's on those two places. So I don't know if that proves the point or disproves the point since I had no idea who she was. But I, I trusted that information. So I think I think there's a point there that I did want to make, which is something that's been with us for well i have no idea how long but obviously the the idea the idea of branding maybe it's synonymous almost yeah Uh, we talked about right before uh starting the recording but the notion of branding and how deeply tied uh to reputation it is like you said you trust because it's fast company or because it's published by a, a reputable source but one of the things, and so you have like Coca-Cola or Nike or whatever, they, these companies have been around for a while, you trust your shoes aren't going to fall apart, and you're hoping that Coca-Cola isn't slowly killing you. But I guess, I don't know if, I have a question, I think a bit, when it comes to a company like Uber or Lyft, Airbnb, Amazon, which they're what they're selling essentially is that reputation. Right, right. Um, but these... No, I... I think you're exactly right is they're selling that information. They're not selling, you know, they're commoditizing these drivers or these people's houses or these people's extra spaces. And and basically because of their brand, they're saying it's trustworthy. I think uh, Ben Thompson from Stratechery has an article on that somewhere in his list of, yeah, somewhere in there. And and you can find it on his website. But basically he's saying that you're you're integrating along the value chain somewhere and, and, and Airbnb integrated such that they commoditized trust. And once they commoditized trust, they took that away from the hotels, right? Because the hotels now, instead of being the trustworthy source, they are one of a variety of trustworthy sources that used to be that now include houses and apartments and basements that people don't want. Right. Any, any okay. place that has a bed right. or... An air mattress, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point to make in terms of we are now comparing who wrote it, right? Everyone, it's sort of like branding the person, right? As soon as you have to know who you're getting this information from, and some of these people are branded because they're posting to Fast Company, and some of these people are branded because they have an information, they have a brand attached to themselves, like. Like in the case of Gloria, probably. Right, Gloria, to a certain extent, you know, to the U.S. or to us, maybe she went through fast company to get that reputation but i'm sure people just know who she is so she has that brand to herself yeah i think that's a good point well i guess one of the things i was wondering in this i feel i wonder if there's a little bit of tension between branding and reputation because Mm -hmm. you can have a good brand reputation yeah but that's something that is usually built over a period of time and is verified with a great deal of transactions. Right. So I think I think it's important that we point out that just because you have a brand doesn't mean you have a reputation. Right. Um, and you may have a really nice brand. Things may look great on paper. But I guess my question is, 
Yeah, where do you break that down? Well, yeah, that notion of time or quantity of like trustworthy transactions and you know that probably starts moving into this notion of blockchain technology of course but right. well um, i think i think that's that something sort of gets further on down the conversation maybe we want to be right now right i think that's something that maybe i, I wish that it, or it would be nice to have a brand person on for that maybe like my sister or someone else who's in the brand uh brand sort of environment but i, I think maybe from my understanding is it like how do you separate branding as an identity from like branding as a reputation piece? Because yeah. branding identity, branding as an identity is like has the logo and has the actual design to it, and branding as a reputation piece is like maybe how people trust that you make good products or or know that you make less good products in this in this uh, realm. Yeah, I mean maybe McDonald's is a good example. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, their brand reputation is completely different from their from their brand i don't know look it's kind yeah. of yeah their brand the, the design of it's kind of this quirky yellow thing still yeah it's an extremely postmodern quirky yellow thing and their brand reputation has been all over the place they have great chicken sandwiches now like really good chicken sandwiches their bread and chicken right, sandwiches are really 95 good 95 percent of people wouldn't go there to get a chicken sandwich yeah because they're they so tied up in the old fast food chain thing yeah and if you go there for a mcchicken or you go there for a double quarter pounder i doubt it's much different than it was in the past but if you get their actual like value meal or whatever artisan bread and chicken sandwich really good well that that brings up a good point that i think we've talked about before but this article doesn't really talk about is like that reputation lag right yeah like how you move past um, right it's like what we had brought up is like inertia of identity in the past yeah that's something we haven't talked about in a long time but i think you're right in bringing that up like how do you build that reputation up so this is something that i actually have some notes on this and it's something that i hadn't really expected to talk about until later but i think it's fine to bring it up now um, okay because i feel like we're going to get to the more technical stuff too yeah probably more towards like the blockchain stuff but... right right yeah yeah we'll get there eventually but okay so so what i was thinking is we have we have this like this brand or this this idea of, of information and reputation and I guess one thing I wanted to talk about at some point and we don't have to talk about that right now is maybe it's even a moot point maybe we just kind of intuitively know or assume that she's right but like is she right is reputation what's important now or is there something else behind that I don't know if that's something we can dig into at this point I think right, so that would be exposing our bias yeah I immediately latched on and probably you know it was at least partially um coming from reading the inevitable kevin kelly which talks about a similar idea as we brought up earlier that oh, yeah it did didn't it maybe i just buy into that yeah but, well what was it? it was like you were talking about like following your friends and what they do and building playlists based on what they do and and becoming like an influencer almost yeah yeah no i think it's a really good point because they're that's all it's essentially a viable career at this point to be a social media influencer and basically your whole brand, your whole life is based on people the reputation of your taste <laughs> yeah exactly it's like you're a beautiful person and or a funny person and you're reputable in that way and then people follow you and, and do what you do or buy what you buy because of that yeah i yeah maybe it's because we read this maybe it's because we're biased in this way but i really can't think of anything else that it, it just seems like too much like something that was trying that people 
professors and teachers tried to pound into our head in the past of like citing your sources and like now and like how wikipedia wasn't trustworthy which now i think it has enough of a reputation that people assume it's relatively trustworthy maybe whereas in the past when we were in grade school not so much everyone goes to for information about anything right Right, and and maybe you can't cite it. You have to like go to the bottom and follow their citations to find things you can actually cite. But yeah, it's it's beyond the point that it was in the early two thousands when we were in like middle school. Yeah, Where... I mean, I I taught I brought up Wikipedia here in my notes as well. As I say, it's built by millions of users. It's constantly correcting itself and updating. And I don't. Uh, let's not get into that right now. Okay. <laughs> well, it's sort of like the reputation of the reputation in the crowd essentially it's harder to be wrong right so that was i don't know if this is the right time to get into this so your question was whether or not there's another alternative and everyone that we pay any attention to like the shatekery thing kevin kelly gloria they're all saying the same thing it's like trust like information when something is so plentiful it loses its value right right so i don't think so the question then is what replaces that value so is it something like reputation right or trust right. verification right. oh whatever, that's whatever what kevin kelly brought up it. it's filtering that's what he brought up right that was his whole whole shtick was it's the filtering. capacity to be able to curate right and and so reputation they, seems to do a very good job of curating until we find something else to curate yeah so that that would be the method of curation that would be the method of filtering it is a filter you filter based on reputation but what defines that reputation who knows whatever you know right right. um and i think well i mean that that is citing your sources yeah somehow somehow well should we just jump right into this blockchain thing i feel like we're on the cusp of it well, I want to get talk. one more thing real quick before okay. that what I, I kind of wanted to edge into, okay. um, which is bias. And so I wonder, so you have sort of Wikipedia that's constantly correcting itself and updating, and it's it's built on the backs of, it's like a crowdsourced thing, right? right? And the article brings up the idea of bias. We each have our own biases. And with today's tools, is it possible to make those biases more clear and accessible? so that we can know why the information is interpreted the way it is. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is it... Do we have more of a capacity to understand bias now than we did before? Gosh. Or is is it even harder, perhaps? I feel like the cynic in me... Oh, okay. Two two things that just popped into my mind. First thing, the cynic in me says it's it's not easier to find bias. Oh, shoot. What was I going to say? The second thought's dominating my head now. But yeah, I, I think it's harder to identify bias because I feel like it or it seems like with fake news nowadays, there's like this this question of what is fake news? Is fake news like actually like news that is objectively fake or against the facts? Or I think there was a Pew Research study at some point. I remember seeing it on Twitter and, and uh, skimming through it. Some idea that a lot of Americans... And maybe maybe this is my bias talking, but I think it was mostly Republicans who kind of thought of fake news as just really biased media. So CNN is fake news not because they're reporting counter or unfactual facts or untrue facts, but they're fake news because they're just very biased in a liberal way. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think to a certain extent, 
does that make it harder to see bias or just people are unwilling to see bias because they see bias basically as fake news as opposed to what it actually is? I'm going to try to unpack that in the context of this conversation. Um, to say that fake news is fake news because of a sourced bias, right? The right. bias of the source. I think, I mean, you have to draw the line somewhere. One, it's just an interpretation, right? Like that's kind of where, and and, and how people are delivering information, bias is the ter- interpretation or the spin you put on it, right? Right. And so I feel like that can be as deceptive. Really kind of founded on this idea of reputation and does she speak specifically about bias? I think she does somewhere. What does she say? The way in which the... Authority of knowledge is now constructed makes us reliant on what are the inevitably biased judgments of other people, most of whom we do not know. Yeah. Um, and so when it's when you have biases of 15 people working on one thing filtered through a lens, which is bias as well, then I think that, I mean, obviously you just kind of need to be upfront yeah. and honest about that bias, I guess. Yeah, maybe um, that's the key. Because otherwise, people are just going to call you out on it repeatedly, whether whether it's deserve it or not, or whether everyone does it or not. I feel like, especially I think not to, yeah, okay. Especially I think with the way that our current president is, it's it's sort of this weird situation where our president is in this inherently reputable position, right? He is the president of the United States. He it's it's a it's a position that brings with it a certain amount of I don't know what you call it, just inherent good reputation right it, over the years yeah. it's come up with good smart intelligent people trying to do the right thing and and whether you disagree with their decisions or agree with their decisions they're generally trying to do the right thing and and spout good information and, and generally just be good people um not to say that trump isn't generally trying to be a good person but he's clearly spouting things that are untrue all the a lot or more than perhaps was in the past or things that were things that are perhaps much more partisan than they were in the past. And I think in, in claiming fake news, which is a, partially a sign of our times, but partially something of his own making that it blew up in the way that it does or has, that I think maybe it's just like more acceptable now to, to question things on bias alone <laughs> than well, whether they're actually true or not. Well, I think, I think the problem is is that no one's willing to cop up to their bias. Yeah. Right? And when you, how do I want to phrase this? I think the thing about the bias is, is that if we're, if we're with the idea of reputation and you sort of follow the way in which the scientific method is done or writing where you're citing your sources and you're upfront about your assumptions and your biases from the beginning, then I guess my question is, does that make your information more valuable or do people do people not even care? Do people not even want to see that um, you've done your homework? Yeah. No. I, I had a point in there somewhere. Um, I I have a point there. It's, some, it's something that I had written down earlier today, which you asked if Sapiens comes into something that's podcast. No, I think it's, and then I said it's a background thing. I think this is something that comes out of Sapiens that I had read recently that I think is, is relatively useful here. That being, so... Humans apparently have evolved over time because if he, the author brought up that essentially in the past, especially with Neanderthals and other, other species from our, what is it, genus? Is that the thing right above species or whatever? Um, other human, other 
other homo, you know, Neanderthals, homo erectus, other, other humanoid things, whatever the correct terminology is for that, had trouble congregating in larger groups than, I don't know, like 100 or so. And, and then humans came along and obviously were able to cooperate on massive, massive scales. And part of that, Homo sapiens, and that's where the book came from, sapiens, um, to differentiate Homo sapiens from other Homo species. So the idea is like, how, do, how did we get to be able to cooperate on such massive scale? And one suggestion apparently in science is that uh, one way do we do that is through collective fiction making and gossip, right? So like we connect with each other through telling stories and gossiping about others. And, 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 and that's how we gain trust with other people. And that's how we're able to like work together even with relative strangers, right? So like up, up to a certain point, we can just work together up to a certain point, like building trust and understanding each other and knowing who to trust through gossip is really helpful to grow that number. And then once you get past that number, having a similar ideology or religion or other collective fiction um, okay. is, is extremely useful. So right. I think but that, that could, sorry. I, I, where I wanted to go with that was this human nature thing that you brought up, like, or not human nature, but you would ask the question of something along the lines of, is anything ever going to be more important than just like trusting some person, like our facts, how they play out more important than, I don't remember what you phrased it as, but it was something along those. Well, I guess based on what you said, let's say, um, when you say like gossip, I my my thought is how that works is the information or what you have to say about your relationship with another person is meaningful for your interactions with other people beyond that person. Yeah, right. So like um, if if you're at work and and you're willing to you know go behind someone's back almost and sort of talk with your coworkers about your boss, right? And, and, and all of a sudden you're on the same page with your coworkers and you trust them more. So that sort of thing. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, that's sort of relatable bias. That's kind of funny. I, I was trying to sort of construct this idea, I think, that if we're upfront about our biases and are, make them clear and we sort of work that way and that's, Right. Out of our, that's how our reputation is built then that can be a piece of the value pie or something right. I guess but right. I don't know if I've constructed that argument very well at all no I, yeah and I think I kind of wanted to bring up what I had brought up about gossip and such as, as sort of this preface to this discussion that I think what you had just discussed there about how do we construct bias I think I think the obvious position for us to or question that comes up next is is this like a design problem right or is this something that's inherent to human human nature in terms of how do we how do we build this trust verification right so like i think that's sort of what you're asking is how do we how do we design upfront reputation for someone so that we know whether we can trust them or not right i want to do an analogy here okay okay so it's related to like how you identify bias as like a design problem okay so i had I had this idea, which was related to teaching students and how you can be upfront with the biases that each tool brings when you're talking about them or they're using them. And so I was thinking, like, in the past, for architecture at least, you had one tool, maybe you had two. two. You built models and you had pencil and paper, right. right? And when you only have, when you have a much more finite number of tools at your disposal, it, I suppose it's easier to understand the biases that all those bring. Right. 
right? And then you can even utilize them better, right? right? Because because you're aware of these things. So if if you're increasing the amount of information, if you're increasing the amount of media outlets, if you're increasing all these things, like the information age yep. has done, I do think I agree with you that it almost gets harder to understand biases. Yeah. Because there is essentially, right, a, an infinite number of perspectives right. and biases out right. there. And so with that, it's it becomes difficult to differentiate between one or another, and you may be using one when it's influencing you a certain way that you didn't intend and so right. forth. Right, and, um, and it's and just... sort of what students have... I've seen them do is they'll use a tool without ever considering any of the other ones because this is the one that they taught they learned first or they'll use so many I don't uh, they'll, they'll use it without actually knowing right. actual, the value that it's bringing and right. not understanding the value of other ones right and then you get comfortable with it and it's hard and then you kind of get in this self-reinforcing cycle and you, you, you do tutorials on it and learn more about it and then all of a sudden you're just better at it so like even if it's a worse tool you're able to do it faster because you're comfortable with it even if you could do yeah. it better in another tool yeah i see exactly what you're saying so uh, that's I, that's sort of an analogy i think to how uh, what gloria is saying is information age has built up so many different perspectives and biases that we are, are now more aware of than we were before right because we have access to them right and i think wikipedia is a good example of how you could maybe bring those together and this might start tying into the Christopher Alexander thing how you can start bringing those biases together and kind of nullifying them by yeah. having so many right right yeah you're kind of like using the wisdom of the crowd thing yeah which I think is is we've brought up this blockchain thing a couple times now and yeah, I think so that's dive into that. I think that's where that comes in right is is blockchain is this really publicly visible ledger for or publicly visible transaction history of reputation mm -hmm. so what does that what does that mean right so i think one thing we had talked about is uh i don't know it's almost like a point system in a way is that i don't know if that's a good way of putting it and then also like, like talents, maybe yeah and then also like trying to tie that in with location a little bit so say like you're closer to a news item that you it's more local to you perhaps right if it's more local to you then you're more reputable in that source because perhaps you've seen it or you are less less number of connections away from that source or maybe you're more biased in a particular way because you're close to that source right yeah i think that's where it really gets really difficult is how do you design this system to well, verify trust yeah one of the things that we had talked about before which i thought was interesting and kind of based on foam's approach yeah so we'll link what foam is and i honestly don't understand it all that well it's like super <laughs> I technical I, I don't either and it seems like they're doing cool stuff, I guess. Yeah. Well, hopefully, <laughs> um, hopefully you, we can talk to them at some point, or you can have a lecture with them. That'd be yeah, cool. That, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm. We'll see. I don't know if they are into been doing this long enough to be able to give a lecture that isn't going to be super technical and confusing for architecture yeah, students. Yeah, that's probably a very good point. You should probably. Yeah, I think it'd, <laughs> it'd be worth a conversation though to ask them if they're able to do something that's digestible or accessible Can you tie to... these things together for us and make it really fascinating right well it seems like they come from an architecture background so maybe they can well the one the one uh woman does um i'm going to try to reach out to her nice. and see what she has to say all right so we're off topic now <laughs> yeah but anyway phone is their idea is that they can do proof of, proof of location. location without right. gps through like decentralized 
physical nodes, I think. They're, they're basically low, um, low power, small radius radio waves, I think. Low right. RAN. Low RAN? I don't remember what that stands for. Anyway. The idea is that they can do this without a central core, like, you know, flying satellites around up in the air right, or whatever, right. that sort of thing. They just need a dense uh, enough network to make it work. And one of the things that got me thinking about when we had this discussion about, like, Facebook bots and how do you know, like, where this information is coming from is, like, can you verify identity through someone's physical interactions in a physical space, uh-huh. uh, which I thought... Could be kind of interesting, and then when you do that, you're you're tying that that person to their interactions within space. Yeah. And so it may sound like I just repeated myself, but it 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 gives it gives someone a digital footprint in a physical space. Yeah. Which, which is yeah, which I that's think kind is of cool. really interesting. It kind of kills two birds with one stone there. Right. And you can you can then take that information, you know, if that person because of their locale or their physical whatever, maybe they maybe they're more reputable about confirming uh, news or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. It's kind of heavy handed way to go about it, I suppose. Right. Well and I think I think you know what would be really interesting is is and I think we had talked about this too, is is can you come up with some sort of weighted system that takes into account where you are in physical space, but also takes into account maybe who you work for or what organization you represent and and, and what you've kind of reported on in the past and how people have rated that collectively. Right. Or how much you've contributed in the past or, or what your education is or whatever. I think you'd have to go through and figure out what all the relevant reputation factors are and, and how you build on a reputation for yourself. But I think if you can come up with some weighted system that says maybe like you're closer to this, so you're a little more reputable, but you are a big news source or you are a unbiased news source or you have some degree in this field and are an expert in this field, or you are more reputable than some hodink who calls himself a scientist and denies climate change or something like that. Right. So I guess the question is, so let's say you can do that in 15, 10 years, less than 10 years, probably. Yeah, probably. I think it really comes down to understanding what you can reliably say makes up a quality reputation or a trustworthy reputation. Right. So like Amazon, for instance, it thinks I'm a student. Yeah. (laughs) Which you're not really. No. No. (laughs) So, but they ask for some sort of identity verification you know whatever right so i mean that's that's always a big question right and how you get all these different entities talking together that are actually verifying these things and one of the best ways they actually verify that someone's doing something is that they're paying for it yeah <laughs> yeah i wonder how you can... still that can get awfully messy right um well i think one thing that could be really interesting coming out of this and this, i was thinking about this earlier today is so we think about a lot of these things based on reputation, right? So, so Donald Trump kind of came into the presidency based on this reputation of a deal maker from his time on The Apprentice or whatever, a strong businessman. He was rich, so that also added points to his reputation. So yeah. like he came in as someone who was quote-unquote qualified because of these things, right? And, and I, I guess from even my perspective, I don't think that he was necessarily unqualified being a businessman and being relatively successful in that sense i mean him having a lot of money to a certain degree is a sign of success even if a lot of it was inherited uh, i think another example maybe is like elon 
Elon Musk. Uh, he what founded PayPal and then founded Tesla, and now all of a sudden he's an expert in all things technology, uh, and he's a reputable source. But um, really, or even even like LeBron James or Steph Curry or some of these NBA people, uh, some of them, you know, NBA on the mind, right? <laughs> well, NBA finals, or you, I think you see it all the time in like NBA general managers. They'll like hire these former players to be a coach or general manager, and they're completely unqualified. But okay, so my my larger point is because I think we do put so much weight on reputation, we have these people who are relatively unqualified in terms of making statements aside from like tangential experience in the field like Elon Musk as a tech expert in like AI is he really if what he did was found PayPal and start Tesla and start a multitude of other companies that aren't AI related but he has this reputation of being a tech guy so I'm curious if there's a way that we can start to track past performance and, and sort of build that into reputation as well and say like, well, you performed poorly, so maybe your reputation takes a hit. Oh, you performed well, maybe your reputation should go up, right? Gosh, sounds like a nightmare. It would be a nightmare, <laughs> but I think there, there seems like if we base this on purely reputation, there's a lot of people who just have this reputation and they're kind of applying it to other fields. Like Kanye, he's, becoming, he's starting an architecture firm, which I think is great. I, I am completely not against it. It's either going to be hilarious because it's going to fail or it's going to be hilarious because it doesn't fail and it proves a bunch of architects wrong for being super egotistical about their careers. So either way, it's a win-win. Yeah, I think PR's already proven architects wrong and that's why people hate him. But Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that might be true. But yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is we have all these people and and it's just like charismatic, famous people who are in these positions of power because they're charismatic, famous, and did one thing right. And now we consider them an expert. Yeah. Um, so, like, how do we? How, how do should we, they be? Yeah. Does it? Does their past reputation and past performance have an impact on their future? Yeah, I think so. That's why I think this this or notion of future performance is branding versus right. reputation as like experience and like this idea of transaction history right. or time, right? But should that make us? more willing to listen to them in terms of like anticipating a good future performance are they actually going to perform better than other people i don't know about that so i wonder if there's a way to weight that somehow i don't know is, is I'm it sure you could i guess there's i mean there's a black mirror episode which was sort of about social media and it was it was all about like getting your rank and sort of comparing yourself against other people huh. and I feel like if you did something like what you're saying, it would it would have to be sort of similar to how we're offered free software right now, um, because we give up our data, but rather we're paid because you are referring or whatever, right? Yeah. That's a common model. It's like you yeah. pay to be referred, yeah. and that's essentially what we're looking at. Is like your reference is your reputation, basically. Huh. Okay. Um, so I wonder. If you put that capitalist spin on it, if, if, where you can kind of, you know, do it yourself and, and make money off of it, if that makes it any better or not, probably not. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's something I was thinking of now that you bring up capitalist and, and we've already talked about blockchain. So there are these markets out there right now, like uh, Genosis or Gnosis or however you pronounce that. And then there's one more. It starts with an A. I don't remember what it is. Argon or something like that. 
basically they're like prediction markets and you can bet on whether something's happening or not. What do you mean? So like who's going someone could make a prediction market for like who's going to win the who's going to win some senate seat in some random state, right? Who's going to win the Pennsylvania Senate seat in this race? And then a lot of people could put down money on it essentially or tokens from that market on it. Okay. And if you get guess correctly, you get a certain number of tokens based on the odds and if you lose if you lose correctly or pick incorrectly, you lose tokens based on the odds so it's like this mass prediction market and the idea is um the odds change based on who bets and who places bets at certain odds i don't know exactly how it works but the idea is based on the crowd wisdom you can pick a bunch of stuff and generally the crowd will be right so like people will have a better shot of knowing who's going to do what it's kind of like capitalist polling and and if you guess right on a on someone who has really bad odds you can win on it but generally maybe you just trust the crowd and pick things and don't make much money i don't know how it works but like i I wonder the reason i bring this up is i wonder if there's something like that for reputation where like as we talk about it i was thinking like this is another idea that was rooted in sapiens but like there's this could there be some sort of like market for reputation versus performance where at a certain point you're your perfor- your reputation shoots way up past your actual performance and then as you start to underperform your reputation you kind of come back down and 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 come back to where your performance should be so it's like this sort of supply and demand finance market you look at stocks and things right like where instead of supply and demand or like stock price and company performance it's like reputation and performance in and and diverging good information or picking correct things in the future i think that'd be really fascinating well i mean so i can definitely see that being directly applied to like people in academia like professors or whatever right yeah um but then so then i obviously want to dial that back like how do you how do you apply that to someone that's just doing their day-to-day job and then like this idea of gossip and like why is this person more qualified to talk about this thing versus this person yeah right? I, I don't know and and so like obviously if you have a high education then you can kind of draw those clear distinctions but how do you draw those distinctions otherwise yeah i for, think for your reputational performance for instance right. and i think that's the key question is it comes all the way back to your initial thing of like how do you how do you set someone up with like a good reputation? It's like what are the merit what what makes a good reputation? What are the things that make you special that people should listen to you? I think if, if we can kind of figure that out. Well, like nobody cared about reputation until literally everyone was online. No, I, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it happened in well, politics it, it a lot. Like it didn't. Um, what, am, what do I mean to say? Like my reputation as an individual, who's if I'm not producing something or, you know, actively giving back, if I'm just working at McDonald's or whatever, which is fine. Right. right? No, that's true. Like my reputation doesn't matter as much. It's much but more if local. if I am actively sharing misinformation on the internet, then my reputation is at stake. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's like local reputation, which in the past was probably what, all you needed. You just needed to have a good reputation with your boss and your family members and your friends. And now it's like, now that everyone's creating content, you need to have a global reputation as well as a local reputation. Right. And I think what we're moving towards now is that people are beginning to understand that it's, I'm going to say something re- maybe controversial here, that it's almost ridiculous to try to disconnect your digital self from your physical self. Yeah, 
I don't know. That is that is a little bit controversial because I see where you're getting it, but at the same time, I think at a certain point you have like your your uh, your public br facing brand and your closed door in your your private facing brand, which shows up when you're with your friends perhaps, and maybe people don't care about that. That's fine, but I think that, that's that's not what I'm saying. Is that I'm saying that your your digital self is just as significant as your physical yeah. self. That's probably true. I think, especially if you consider you have like a public physical self and a public digital, and your whole digital self is essentially public. Yeah. Those probably are completely interchangeable. Yeah. And that completely makes and up your reputation. That's not something that we've had to deal with before. Because previously, people were just public if they were like reporters or right. celebrities or whatever. Right. And their private lives, like, they didn't have this digital interpretation of themselves that they're sharing. Right. immense amounts of information completely publicly no you're and I right think, i think that's sort of how we've gotten to where we are right no i think you're you're i think you're completely right because now what i'm sharing over twitter or over medium or over facebook could have a bearing on how people see me at work yeah right no and that was something that was completely not true in the past no i think i think that's a really good point and i think that's right. where well, previously that was just gossip right and i think that's Probably where your idea of foam and your digital self having a physical pres presence and vice versa becomes so powerful is you can start to connect those things and, and build yourself a, a reputation based on that yeah. somehow. I think the next step is probably figuring out what makes up a good reputation and how you define that. How do you define someone as reputable besides just being popular? Especially I'm looking at, yeah, sorry. Especially in like an Alex Jones kind of Infowars kind of sense. He's just popular, but he's not actually reputable. <laughs> but like people listen to him. Anyway. As an ending note, I'm looking at my notes here, and I, I realize I have misspelled mis, uh, Trump to Termp. <laughs> nice. I don't know why that's funny, but Termp is funny. <laughs> it just sounds hilarious. All right, well, is that a wrap? I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I think... I think we can we can close is like the idea that we can disconnect from our digital selves and that doesn't have significance i think was always kind of foolish but right yeah and we don't really have an answer for how to design for it but i think we kind of landed on the fact that this is probably a design problem to a certain extent this reputation oh, well, thing. yeah i think i mean i think the one idea of using a physical presence to to verify your giving your digital self a physical presence might be kind of cool and do something i don't know but that may be part of it Who knows? yeah yeah okay well yeah. thanks for listening everyone uh if you uh have any comments or want to leave a rating please do we would really appreciate that and uh we'll try to have another episode out in the next couple weeks probably but it's definitely not going to be steady super steady until september when we really kick things off again so yeah. uh, thanks have a good okay. one. Bye.